book eight chapter twelve of history of the reformation in the sixteenth century volume two by jean henri mail d'aubigne translated by henry beveridge this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twelve the remover's immovable firmness delighted the friends of truth and particularly the evangelical christians of germany so long deprived by the captivity of the wartburg of the mighty apostle who had first raised his head in the bosom of the church pastors and faithful people now exiled by the inexorable decree which the papacy had obtained at worms from charles v found an asylum in zurich nesse the professor of frankfurt whom luther visited when on his way to worms in a letter to zwinglius says oh how i am delighted to learn with what authority you preach christ speak words of encouragement to those who by the cruelty of wicked bishops are obliged to flee far from our churches in sorrow but the adversaries of the reformation did not confine their cruel plots against its friends to germany scarcely an hour passed at zurich in which the means of getting rid of zwinglius were not under consideration one day he received an anonymous letter which he immediately communicated to his two vicars it said snares environ you on every side mortal poison is ready to deprive you of life eat only in your own house and of bread baked by your own cook the walls of zurich contain men who are plotting your ruin the oracle which revealed this to me is truer than that of delphi i am on your side you will yet know me the day following that on which zwinglius received this mysterious letter at the moment when steheli was going to enter the church of o a chaplain stopped him and said make all haste and quit the house of zwinglius a catastrophe is preparing fanatics in despair of being able to arrest the reformation by word armed themselves with the poniard when mighty revolutions are accomplished in society assassins are often thrown up from the impure dregs of the agitated population god guarded zwinglius while murderers saw their plots defeated the legitimate organs of the papacy again began to agitate the bishop and his counsellors were determined to renew the war from every quarter information to this effect reached zwinglius who leaning on the divine promise exclaimed with noble confidence i fear them as a lofty shore fears the threatening waves on the second of may the bishop of constance published an order in which without naming either zurich or zwinglius he complained of the attempts of artful persons to renew the condemned doctrines and of discussions by the learned and the ignorant in all places on the most solemn mysteries john vanner the preacher of the cathedral of constance was the first that was attacked i would rather said he be a christian with the hatred of many than abandon christ for the friendship of the world but it was at zurich that the growing heresy required to be crushed faber and the bishop knew that zinglius had several enemies among the canons and they were desirous to turn this hatred to account 
toward the end of may a letter from the bishop arrived at zurich addressed to the provost and his chapter sons of the church said the prelate let them perish that will perish but let no one sever you from the church at the same time the bishop urged the canons to prevent the false doctrines engendered by pernicious sects from being preached and discussed whether in private or in public when this letter was read in the chapter all eyes were turned upon zwinglius who understanding what was meant said i see you think that this letter concerns me have the goodness to put it into my hand and by the help of god i will answer it zwinglius did reply in his archeteles a word which signifies the beginning and the end for i hope said he that this first answer will also be the last he spoke in it in very respectful terms of the bishop and attributed all the attacks of his enemies to some intriguers what then have i done said he i have called all men to the knowledge of their maladies i have laboured to bring them to the true god and to his son jesus christ with that view i have employed not captious exhortations but words simple and true such as the sons of switzerland can comprehend then passing from the defensive and becoming the assailant he finally adds julius caesar feeling himself mortally wounded endeavoured to draw up the folds of his robe that he might fall in a becoming manner the fall of your ceremonies is at hand act so at least they may fall decently and that in every place light may be quickly substituted for darkness this was all that the bishop gained by his letter to the chapter of zurich now therefore that friendly remonstrances were vain it was necessary to strike more decisive blows faber and landenberg turned in another direction towards the diet the national council there deputies from the bishop arrived to state that their master had issued an order prohibiting all the priests of his diocese from innovating in matters of doctrine but that his authority being disregarded he now wished the aid of the heads of the confederation to assist him in bringing the rebellious to obedience and defending the true and ancient faith the enemies of the reformation were in a majority in this first assembly of the nation which a short time before had issued a decree prohibiting the preaching of all priests whose discourses as it was expressed produced discord among the people this decree of the diet which thus for the first time took up the question of the reformation had no result but now having determined on vigorous measures this body summoned before it urban weiss pastor of feilischbach near baden whom public rumour charged with preaching the new faith and rejecting the old weiss was respited for some time on the intercession of several individuals and on bail for a hundred florins offered by his parishioners but the diet had taken its part and having just given proof of it the priests and monks began everywhere to resume courage at zurich even after the first decree they had begun to behave more imperiously several members of council were in the practice morning and evening of visiting the three convents and even taking their victuals there 
the monks laboured to indoctrinate their kind table companions and urge them to procure a decree of the government in their favour if zwinglius won't be silent said they we will cry louder still the diet had taken part with the oppressors the council of zurich knew not what to do on the seventh of june it issued an order forbidding any one to preach against the monks but scarcely was the order resolved upon than says the chronicle of bullinger a sudden noise was heard in the council chamber and made every one look at his neighbour peace was not re-established the war waged from the pulpit waxed hotter and hotter the council named a deputation who called the pastors of zurich and the readers and preachers of the convents to meet them in the provost's house after a keen discussion the burgomaster enjoined the two parties not to preach anything which might interrupt concord i cannot accept this injunction said zwinglius i mean to preach the gospel freely and unconditionally in conformity to the resolution previously adopted i am bishop and pastor of zurich it is to me that the care of souls has been entrusted it was i that took the oath not the monks they ought to yield not i if they preach lies i will contradict them and that even in the pulpit of their own convent if i myself preach a doctrine contrary to the holy gospel then i ask to be rebuked not only by the chapter but by any citizen whatever and moreover to be punished by the council we said the monks we demand to be permitted to preach the doctrines of st thomas the committee of the council having deliberated ordered that thomas scotus and the other doctors should be let alone and nothing preached but the holy gospel thus the truth had once more gained the victory but the wrath of the partisans of the papacy increased the ultramontane canons could not conceal their anger they impertinently eyed zwinglius in the chapter and by their looks seemed to demand his life zwinglius was not deterred by their menaces there was one place in zurich where thanks to the dominicans the light had not yet penetrated this was the nunnery of Eitenbach. the daughters of the first families of zurich there took the veil it seemed unjust that these poor females confined within the walls of their monastery should alone be excluded from hearing the word of god the great council ordered zwinglius to repair to it and the reformer having mounted a pulpit which had hitherto been given up to the dominicans preached on the clearness and certainty of the word of god he at a later period published this remarkable discourse which was not without fruit and irritated the monks still more a circumstance occurred to augment this hatred and give it a place in many other hearts the swiss headed by stein and winkelried had just experienced a bloody defeat at beacock they had rushed impetuously on the enemy but the artillery of pesquer and the lancers of that freundsberg whom luther had met at the door of the hall of worms had thrown down both leaders and colours whole companies falling and disappearing at once winkelried and stein mullinen diesbachs bochstettens schudis and pfeifers were left on the battlefield schwitz especially had been mown down 
the bloody wrecks of this dreadful conflict had returned to switzerland spreading mourning at every step a wail of grief had resounded from the alps to the jura and from the rhone to the rhine but none had felt a deeper pang than zwinglius he immediately sent an address to schwitz dissuading its citizens from foreign service your ancestors said he to them with all the warmth of a swiss heart forgot their enemies in defence of their liberties but they never put christians to death in order to gain money these foreign wars bring innumerable calamities on our country the scourges of god chastise our confederacy and helvetic freedom is on the eve of being lost between the selfish caresses and the mortal hatred of foreign princes zwinglius went hand in hand with nicholas flew and renewed the entreaties of that man of peace this exhortation having been presented to the assembly of the people of schwitz had such an effect that a resolution was passed to desist prospectively for twenty-five years from capitulation but the french party soon succeeded in getting the generous resolution rescinded and schwitz was thenceforth the canton most decidedly opposed to zwinglius and his works the very disasters which the partisans of foreign capitulation brought upon their country only increased the hatred of those men against the bold minister who endeavoured to rescue his country from all this misfortune and all this disgrace thus throughout the confederation a party which daily grew more and more violent was formed against Zurich and zwinglius the customs of the church and the practices of the recruiters being at once attacked they made common cause in resisting the impetus of reform by which their existence was threatened at the same time external enemies multiplied not merely the pope but other foreign princes also vowed inextinguishable hatred to the reformation because it was aiming to deprive them of those helvetic halberds to which their ambition and their pride owed so many triumphs but the cause of the gospel had still god on its side and the best among the people this was sufficient besides individuals from different countries exiled for their faith were led by the hand of providence to give switzerland their aid End of book eight, chapter twelve.